Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete on October 26, 2010. Welcome to the show. We have got a ton to talk about, including the Mets and the Yankees wrapping up the 2010 season. The World Series starts tomorrow. The Yankees are not there. We'll talk about the Mets and their GM hiring. Maybe soon. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. We don't know. And the Yankees. Will they go after Cliff Lee? Have they signed Cliff Lee already? We'll talk about the New York football giants as they end the Cowboys and Tony Romo's season last night. Are they the best team in the NFC? Are the Jets the best team in the AFC? We'll talk about the NFL. And in the fun load tonight, we're going to talk about fan behavior at games. There was a little something going on with Cliff Lee's wife and the Yankee fans. Does it have any sort of effect on where players will go to play? We'll talk about it in the fun load. We'll also talk a little bit about national announcers. We were going to do it last week. We didn't get to, but we will tonight. National announcers versus local announcers. What's better? I don't even know. We're going to talk about it. We'll welcome Dr. E. Ray Stat back into the mix. We'll have Dave Rutley and his Fantasy Five from FFAdvisor.com at 10.05. We'll have the Swami, otherwise known as Count Broccoli, making his picks at 10.40. Yes, it's all coming up, plus your calls, 424 1817, the number to call. It's Tuesday night. We are Cal Sam. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. And uh, it is great to be back here on Tuesday, October 26, 2010. Welcome to the big show. And before we get started, let's welcome in the co-host type people, and uh, yes, we, the, the theme song, we love it so much, we're about to play it twice, but let's welcome in my partner, the co-host of the show, the ying to my yang, the Steve to my Edie, let's welcome in Brian hey, Calneva Calvi, Cal, how are you, my friend? Wouldn't, wouldn't I just be the Edie to your Steve? You, yes, right? wow, I hadn't, yes, you would be. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good, pal, Welcome. Thank you. Welcome, Edie Gourmet. Uh, Oh, boy. Welcome to the big show. Quite a start we're off to. And that sound you hear is our (laughs) beloved producer, the man behind the glass, the king of the castle, the Count of Monte Fisto. (laughs) 
The doctor is in. He's back. Dr. E. Ray Stat, welcome back to the program. Thank you. I thought you were going to say the man behind the nose. The man behind the nose. We did explain in graphic detail what surgery you had that right. kept you out of the lineup for the last couple of weeks. But Dr. E. Ray is back. Welcome back. Lead statistician and uh, our Barba Bui, our Fafa Flanky. <laughs> it's great to be back. I'm excited. You sound excited. You sound like you're in wonderful voice tonight, as does Cal. Cal, how was your yeah. week, my friend? Did you have a Did you have a big week? We had a big week. I saw you guys on Sunday. We had a little uh, little Jack and Jill shower there. I didn't know it was coming. Surprise! <laughs> you guys got me. How'd you like that? That was awesome. I think the best part of it is that you and I have been doing a radio show with Doctor E. Ray for. And you guys have probably known for like six weeks. Uh, yeah. And and nobody spilled the air on the show. I am impressed. I, I like the fact that I had I was texting you not more than an hour before, and I was able to keep it a secret. Yes, both of you. I was texting back and forth with both of you about the uh, the Daily News had the thumbnail oh. pictures of the keep them or dump them for the New York Yankees. And and for those of you who are not in the New York area, we're about to. Uh, Big unload on the Mets and the Yanks here. For those of you who are not in the New York area, the New York Daily News does this after the end of any local team season. They will ask you, the reader, who should you keep, who should you dump? I've always imagined it's sort of in this voice, keep them, dump them, <laughs> because it is New York. So it's like, would you keep that bum? Or you, or you, you like that bum? You're, keeping that, you're cutting that loser, that kind of Get thing. him out of here. Get him out of here, right. So they have these pictures in the Daily News of the Yankees. The individual pictures and these thumbnails look like they were from 1962. They were just—they look like they had been <laughs> posterized, like TNT. Yeah, had, like Turner got a hold of them, right? And the the picture of of uh, what's his uh, uh, Brett Gardner will yeah. forever be etched in my memory. We'll we'll put it up on the website. We have to put it up on the website because if you're not from the New York area, or even if you are and you didn't see the pictures, you got to see them. They're just hysterical. Got to be a setup. It was. It was. It's got to be a send up. <laughs> and they changed the pictures, by the way. No, did they? Yes. Yes. When they had it in on Monday. Oh no! They had gotten rid of Brett Gardner's picture, and there was like a full page picture of Brett Gardner. Oh. Now, and they had gotten rid of the little thumbnail where he looked like you know uh, Roger Maris. Anyway, <laughs> Cal, the big gonna... unload. Yeah. I am ready to big unload, and we want to hear from you tonight, definitively. Four two four two two zero. 1817. Cal, there's a lot going on. The New York Yankees are going home. They are. They are not going to the World Series. Of course, this is old news by now, but the Texas Rangers defeat the Yankees four games to two in Texas. The ginger ale flowing freely on the field. And let's be honest, Steve, it wasn't even that close four games to two. It really was not. It was essentially one big inning away from being a sweep. Uh, But look, the Yankees, I think, somewhat had their pants down in this series. I think the Yankees got exposed a bit in this series, and it was none more evident to me than Derek Jeter's last at bat. Yeah, and that's funny because you had um, – now, we, we, we don't openly root for the Yankees. I think everybody knows that. We were rooting against the Yankees in this series, but in Derek Jeter's last at bat, you had even texted me that even you, Steve, San Pietro, card-carrying Met fan, uh-huh. felt sorry for Derek Jeter in that last at-bat. I did, and and 
I I equated that. I was texting with you guys. I said they were losing. I think six to one or seven to one at that point, or they were down by quite a bit. I said I wouldn't have minded seeing him hit a two-run home run. Yeah, and I know. I know. You can't wrap. You can't even wrap your head around the fact that I was saying that. I, I understand that, but let me tell you why. Here's here's why. Derek Jeter is the same age as us. That's true. Okay, Derek Jeter is going to be uh, 37 next year. We're in that ballpark. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not going to turn into, you know, I'm going to be 37 next year. So are you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not gonna... <laughs> who, who are you, Dame Edna? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Derek Jeter is going to be 37 next year. He's 36 right now. And if Derek Jeter gets old, that means I'm old. And I don't like the idea that I've always sort of measured myself <laughs> age-wise to Derek Jeter and okay. saying, well, if Jeter's still good, I can't be that old. How about, how like about success-wise? Like a news piece, Sam Pete. Derek Jeter's old, and so are you. Yeah, thanks, Dr. E. Ray Stat. We won't hear from him for the rest of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome back, Dr. E. Ray. Welcome back. I guess you've been waiting three weeks to just take a, <laughs> take a dump on me on that one. Yeah, don't think I haven't been listening, boys. I know what's been going on. Oh, of course, you're the you're the quality control uh, guy as well. Uh, you're the you're the food t- uh, taster for the king. The <laughs> no, but it, it really does mean to me that that when Derek Jeter starts looking old, it I I really feel lousy because I I feel like now all of a sudden I'm old, and I he looks so feeble in that last at bat. You never see Derek Jeter having a bat like that in the postseason. And, and we, and we, okay. he's been in. An, I was gonna say he's been in enough of them. I mean, I've seen all 350 of his postseason at bats, mm-hmm. and you never see him have that at bat where he swings, flails at a two strike pitch, just trying to dent it, just to, just touch it. How about uh, how about the at bat where uh, Brett Gardner works out a walk and then he swings at the first pitch right after that and pops pitch. it up. Doctor E. Ray had a great tweet. <laughs> I saw that tweet, Doctor E. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> that was Friday. That was Friday night during during Game Six. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was by far and away my most frustrated moment when he swung at that first pitch. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it was. Uh, Doctor Ray tweeted at that point. It's okay. The the plane will wait for you, Derek. You can take a couple of pitches. Uh, it, you know, just a very difficult loss. It feels like to me, and and we'll get Doctor Ray, our Yankee fan in residence or resident Yankee fan, to to chime in on this. But Cal, it feels like to me this loss of the series is very difficult for the Yankee fan to take. I've been hearing a lot of calls into the local sports radio shows uh, and in talking to some of my Yankee fan friends. And it seems like it's very hard to take for some reason. Like the team aged right before their eyes in yeah. this series. And I, I can't really recall a series where they were just so manhandled in this but- run. Well, I think there's a couple of things here. Number one, they're coming off of a World Series. So right. everybody, you know, they, they kind of got, you know, they kind of got the taste for it again after being away from it for nine years. They won the World Series last year. So now the expectations are right back there. That they, anything short of a World Series, of course, is a failure for them. The second thing is that I think they, they went through the Minnesota Series so easy right. that when they ran and, and didn't really take Texas – that seriously, I'm not. You know, I'm not talking about Dr. E. Ray, but like other most Yankee fans that I spoke to didn't really take it too seriously. Everybody was all was looking ahead to the inevitable Yankee Phillies World Series. 
That's all you heard about, Yankees-Phillies World Series. Even when the Yankees and Phillies were both down three games to one in both of their respective series, all you continued to hear about were that we're still going to see a Yankee-Phillies World Series. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the other thing is, uh, too, Cal, is that you – Besides the sense that they are the defending champions and stuff like that, you you heard over and over again about how nobody on Texas scares them, right? You know right. they 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 were a little afraid of the Rays, but not much, and they certainly weren't afraid of the Texas Rangers. Now you could not predict that Colby Lewis was going to pitch ridiculously for two games. I mean, yeah. of course you were afraid of Cliff Lee, but you and you maybe expected to lose two of those games, but you thought for sure that. You'd blow them out in the other games. You I mean you thought for sure that C.J. Wilson and Kobe Lewis weren't going to be able to hold you down, right? Especially C.J. Wilson against C.C. Sabathia. That just seemed right. like a mismatch on paper. And the two, like we say, Cal, is that they they rip through them like tissue paper. I mean, when do you see the Yankees get manhandled like that? And I think that's one of the biggest things that Yankee fans are having a tough time dealing. With. That not only did the team and Hey Posada and and A-Rod and, you know, these guys age kind of before their eyes. Mm-hmm. But they were not in the series. They were not in this series. No, they were and, not. And you don't see that. Cal, let's take a call on this. Let's go out to uh, Artie in Shirley. Artie, welcome back to the show, my friend. You're on the air with Cal and Sam Pete. How are you, buddy? I did not come here to bury the Yankees. I came to praise them. <laughs> okay. Actually, I did come to bury the Yankees. Who am I kidding? Yes. Uh, we we needed Dr. Iray to have taps ready to go, faintly, gently. Uh, yes, exactly. Artie, Artie, tell us what's going on. What what are your thoughts on the Yankees here? Give us uh, give us the postmortem. Uh, well, all right. First of all, I hate to be the person Hello? that was uh, an I told you so, but there, I told anybody who would listen to me started. that the Rangers were going oh, to be a sure. problem well, for he the was Yankees. There. And Artie, actually, I think I told Calvi that the Rangers yeah, were going to be a problem back, I'm not quite in the playoffs. Sure what happened and there, Well, that's good of them. Okay. Okay, there we are. How about now? We're back. Yes, we are back. Sorry about that, folks. Okay, we uh, we had a little technical difficulty. We are absolutely back. We'd like Artie, of course, to call back, please. And in fact, he was, he was going to talk about the Yankees. Anyway, we were saying, here's what happened. The season ended so abruptly. I think Yankee fans were already printing the tickets for the World Series against the Phillies and the rematch and the whole thing. They've got a lot of work to do now on this team. There's a lot of work to do, a lot more work, I think, than they thought they were going to have. Yeah, I think so. They, like you said, they got old before our eyes, you know. And the, the other thing about this, and, and I think we got uh, I think we had Artie back on the yeah, line. Yeah, let's get, let's get Artie back on the line. I'll jump right in there. Hey, Artie, sorry about that. Hey, don't worry about it, guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, the big difference between the Twins and the Rangers was the Twins didn't have a pitcher like Cliff Lee. And, um, you know, uh, the Rangers do everything that the Yankees have problems with. They're athletic, they're aggressive, and this isn't something that just happened this year with the Yankees. The Yankees have always had problems with teams that are aggressive on the base pass and, and, and who have quality pitching, and, and, and the Rangers really did show that. And I, I think it had as much to do with a bad matchup as it did with the fact that the Yankees are also a much older team. Yeah, there's but uh, Artie though going into that series, 
and I want to I, I want to get your take real quick. When you were going into this series with the Rangers, okay, did you? I, I mean, the only guy that really scared you in that lineup had to be Hamilton, right? Uh, Andrews made me nervous only because I knew what he's capable of on the bases, and the fact that these speedy, pesky guys always seem to give the Yankees an issue. And um, I, I mean. I, as a whole, the Rangers have a very good lineup, and it's well-constructed uh, from top to bottom. It, it's pretty much what you would like to see in a lineup. And, I mean, Hamilton is a top-ten player in, in Major League Baseball, probably going to win the American League MVP this year. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, you have to worry about him wrecking a game for you. But there's quality bats up and down that Ranger lineup. They're a good team. Now, Artie, as we move forward here, you know, we're going to we'll put the season behind us, and it looks like they're going to sign uh, Girardi to a, con- a new contract shortly for the next three years. What's your opinion on Joe Girardi, A, and B, wh- how do you have a- what's your feel for this Yankee team right now as, as you move forward? As far as Girardi goes, and this is my most honest opinion that I could give, you're not going to find anybody better to manage the team at this point. There's nobody else available out there who would do a better job than Girardi. Artie, you, Artie, uh, Artie, Artie, just let me stop you real quick. You really feel that way? I mean, you really feel that? And and I'm 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 simply playing devil's advocate right now because I I think right. that Girardi absolutely does deserve an extension. I agree with you, but let me play devil's advocate for a second. I know a lot of Yankee fans, and they're knowledgeable baseball fans that despise Girardi and think that he overmanages to a point of uh, it being a real detriment to a team that is getting older. Uh, Do you think that there was any way, well, you know, what about that? I mean, is is Girardi such a lock and a cinch because he won the championship, he won the World Series last year? I mean, does he have that cachet? Or Or are they simply bringing him back because they have no one else to put in there? I think that's the bigger issue, to be completely honest with you. I mean, you look at the three years that Girardi has managed the team so far, missed the playoffs, won the World Series, got bounced in the, in the ALCS. I mean, other than the, the World Series is a big deal, no doubt about it, but there was one year where he was managing the team that the team didn't even make the playoffs, and then you can make the argument that this season they did not meet expectations so and were grossly outplayed, and yes, outmanaged in that series against the Rangers. Um, So, yeah, I think this may have more to do with the fact that there probably isn't anybody better to manage this team than it does where Girardi should be the manager. Right, Girardi by default. All right, uh, last thing for me, Artie. Last thing for me, Artie. Uh, Cliff Lee. Go for it. Yeah, get him? Uh, Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the it's the Yankees. Of course, they're going to try to get Cliff Lee. They they would have had Cliff Lee this year if the Mariners didn't get a deal that they thought was better than the deal the Yankees were going to offer. Um, so uh, Cliff Lee theoretically could have been a Yankee this year. So obviously now they don't have to give up anything but money, which is the biggest resource the Yankees have is money. Uh, they're going to make a run at Cliff Lee. Now, the, uh, obviously, the big thing is going to be does Cliff Lee have the stones to leave Texas if they win the World Series yeah. uh, for a bigger paycheck. Texas can you can make the argument Texas can be competitive money wise with Lee, especially with the fact that Texas has no state tax. So yeah. they can be competitive as far as giving an offer to Lee that's going to be on par with the Yankees. But what the Yankees do offer Cliff Lee that the Rangers may not is the Yankees window to win championships is perennially open. It's always right. open. They always have a shot at it. Whereas this is the first year the Rangers have gotten there. Yep, absolutely. Artie, thanks so much for the call, pal. We want to talk to you uh, during hot stove season, so don't be a stranger, okay, pal? Sounds good, boys. Take care.
All right, Artie from Shirley checking in, and uh, great to get him back on the air. Artie is a uh, longtime caller to the program, and uh, first time, I think, on WBTR, though, Cal. Quite possibly. Here on Blog Talk Radio. Artie makes a couple of good points, but the biggest one, and we're about to get to it, is like, let's move on. Okay, there's a lot of speculation with the Yankees right now. There's a lot going on because Jeter, Rivera, Pettit. All right, you got you got the you got big three. Need contracts, Cal. What are you going to do? Well, let's take them in order. Jeter, you got to sign Jeter. I mean, you got to give Jeter more money than he's worth. I think if you're the Yankees, you got to sign him to a contract. What you want to do is you want to mitigate the years with Jeter, though. You want to sign him to a shorter deal for a lot more money. This way here, he gets paid what, what he wants. You don't have a, a long-term commitment to him, and then you can move on at the end of the contract. I, look, first of That's all, my opinion. I, I, and I'm not in disagreement with you. First of all, though, what, as we do Jeter, and we're talking about his contract, I want to call him Jeter. Jeter? Yeah, let's, let's refer to him as Jeter. All right? Or, okay. or, or Jeets. Jeets? Can we go? <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> if you're talking about Jeter... All right, you you have to let Jeter get whatever he wants. <laughs> now, Evan Roberts on WFAN here in New York the other day was talking about how there's the Jeter uh, discount. You know what I mean? And also the Jeter premium. Because if he okay. goes to another team, he can charge premium money. Because you're buying the cachet that is Derek Jeter. Now, but if you go to if, – if another team is going to sign Derek Jeter – who in their right mind is going to give him close to $20 million? A team that needs a, an identity and a facelift. Like Tampa Bay? Uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay. I, I just can't see Tampa Bay ponying up that money. But well, yeah, I, I could Dr. see, uh, you know, Evan Roberts suggested, and I, I, I want to give him all the credit because it was a wise one, a team like the Baltimore Orioles. Okay where he could go there, Cal, and be Cal Ripken Part 2, and they throw him $20 million a year for three years, and he, you know, all of a sudden can rebuild that franchise. You know, I'm thinking when of now, place- but, but, Steve, when, that, when Baltimore offers Jeter three years, $60 million, the Yankees come in and offer Jeter three years, $65 million. And, and then, then, and then, and then, then that ends it. And then, and then he stays a Yankee, but they'll have effectively, the Orioles at that point will have effectively raised his price tag. I guess the so. Yankees don't want to give him $20 million a year. And they, don't, they, they certainly don't want to give him a three-year contract. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's going to be 37 next year. I, look, can we agree that he's going to be back? Fine. He's going to be back. I, I, I can't, but that's simply because I cannot envision him playing for another baseball team. Okay. He's going to be back. Now, if you're the Mets, I give him, I give him 18 to $20 million a year to play second base. You're out of your mind. Why? Why did I leave my mind right there? You're out of your mind. Because you just, you just spent five minutes at the top of the show lamenting the fact that <laughs> Jeter is old and broken down and you're horrible at that and you felt, you felt bad for him. Now you want to give him $20 million? To play second base? While you're paying Castillo $6 million. Castillo's so gone. He's gone. Yeah, but you, but you still got to pay him. All right. Let's move on. That's, that's Jeter. Let's move on to Rivera. <laughs> Rivera, the great one. What do you do with Rivera? Wait, him, what do you do with him? Wants, whatever he wants. Is he year to year at this point? I let he's 41, I, 41 years old. He, I let him sign another year contract. I give him $18 million and uh, move on. Next. $18 million for a year? Uh, he's Rivera. 
He made 13 this year. I got to give him 15, don't I? You got to give him more, right? I, yeah, I, I give I, him more. I, I, I think he signs a one-year $15 million deal, and away we go. Hold on. Okay. okay, go ahead, Cal. You were breaking up there for a second. Go ahead. Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit first of all, does he retire? I, I don't think he retires, no. Okay, then he's back because he won't go anywhere else. Agreed. Right? Agreed. How much how much do you give Andy Pettit for a year? I would ask Pettit to take a year deal. I don't understand. All right, we are back. We got kicked off there for a second. Sorry about that. Uh I we were going through the Yankees who are up for contract and you said Pettit, Andy, of the Andy variety. Uh fifteen million. I said one year. Lot. Yeah, one year, fifteen. What did he get this year? Eight with incentives. Oh, okay. I, then Maybe I then Dr. I give him. Can help us out with that. Then I put the same contract in front of him. And All I, right, and I, now I this again. All right, and let's move on to Cliff Lee. They're obviously they obviously want Cliff Lee. He's obviously going to be their top priority in the off season. What's it going to take to get Cliff Lee? And will Cliff Lee leave the Rangers? Not only do they want Cliff Lee, I think it's a foregone conclusion, uh, according to just every uh, Yankee fan in America, that they're going to get it. And this comes down, Cal, to another situation where a, a couple years ago, CC Sabathia was not going to sign with the Yankees, didn't want to play in New York, you know, wasn't going to do it, and the Yankees blew the competition, uh, San Francisco, I believe it was, blew them out of the water by $40 million. Guess what? He's a Yankee. Yeah, and his wife wanted to be in San Francisco. Desperate. And he's from that area. Yeah, I know. You know, but the money the money was talking. So he went where the money was. And, and I, I think Cliff Lee, especially considering Cliff Lee, is, you know, due for the big payday. You know, I think Cliff Lee was... Now, last thing I'm saying, give me the game from this year that does not return next year? Oh, the most prominent Wow, that's a great question. You blindsided me. I'm sorry. It doesn't have to be the best player. I'm, I'm just talking about somebody that was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of guys like Nick Swisher, Jabba Chamberlain, A.J. Burnett, you know, guys that could possibly be out the door. Well, you're hearing interesting things about, at least about, uh, you know, Jabba Chamberlain that you never heard before. Right. You know, that they'll listen to offers for Jabba Chamberlain. And I, I if they traded Jabba I would not be surprised. Let me put it to you that way. Okay. Um, I, I think Nick Swisher, they still like him a lot. But I would not be surprised to see him. I would not be surprised to see their outfield next year. The, uh, you know, essentially, <laughs> Carl Crawford and left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Granderson, Gardner, Grandy and, Gar- and Guardy and center. Uh-huh. And Jason Worth and Wright. Okay, with Cliff Lee uh, at the top of the rotation. Correct. How's that sound to you? Sound good? I think they might also, um, if they're going to trade Jabba, then they should just sign Rafael Soriano to be the setup guy. Yes. Look, we know the Yankees are going to try to be piggish because they can. You know, what's stopping them from it? So, But the Cliff Lee thing is the most interesting part about that to me, Cal, Mm. is that Cliff Lee is 32 or 33 years old, is he not? He's 32, yeah. 
All right, so this is big contract time for Cliff Lee. He's not taking a discount to go somewhere or something like that. If the Yankees come in at six years and a hundred and uh, what twenty-five is what? There was my understanding there'd be no math. But if the Yankees come in, at, six it, years, one fifty. <laughs> thank you. The Yankees come in at, <laughs> at if they come in at six years, one fifty or whatever. He's gonna go there. He's yeah. gonna go there. He's not gonna take thirty million dollars less to stay in Texas. This is his last big contract. Well, and he's also had the, you know the sort of strange career where he didn't really get good until three years ago. True. So why wouldn't he take the most money? I, I think he's a Yankee. I think there's no way around it. All you right. Know? All right. Great. Good time. Now let's move on real quick. Mets general manager. They have, they had their interviews with the two finalists this week. Eric Burns, not Eric Burns, Josh Burns. <laughs> See, I, but I'm getting that confused as well, Cal, and I'll tell you why. Because Eric Burns played for the Diamondbacks. I know. Josh Burns was the GM for the Diamondbacks. There's, that place is lousy with Burns. And, and it's, like, you, it's like the Hamptons. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting Burns. Well, it could be Ed Burns. That's, we know. See, that's where I went. That's where I Listen, was going. Would you put it past the Wilpons to make that same mistake and bring in Eric Burns for the interview instead? <laughs> I, I, wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past them to bring in Ed Burns for the interview. <laughs> we feel oh, great boy. about it. He's a New Yorker. Um, we'd like to introduce the next general manager of the New York Mets, Ed Burns. George Burns. <laughs> um, so okay, so Josh Burns comes in yesterday for a second interview. Sandy Alderson today yeah. for his second interview. Yep. That's it. Now they're going to choose. They're going to choose between these two. Word is that they could have a choice by the end of the week. They could have a new general manager in the organization by the end of the week. Where do they go? What do you think they do? What do you think the right thing to do is? Wow, and, that's and a is, lot. And is all of that one and the same? I think. The right thing to do is definitely hire Sandy Alderson, and we've talked about this. And the number to call on this, folks, is 424-220-1817. We want to hear from you about uh, the Mets, the Yankees. Uh, we're going to be talking a little later, uh, uh, Cal, too, about Cliff Lee further and about how his wife was harassed at uh, Yankee Stadium. Uh, in the fun so, load. Yeah, we're going to talk about that <laughs> in the fun load. Not that there's anything fun about that. But. <laughs> That's good times. Welcome to New York. It's rough. Oh, boy. Uh, but we talked also about how Cliff Lee, you know, there were Yankee fans actually calling in and speculating that uh, they didn't want to say anything about Cliff Lee, per- perhaps uh, doctoring the baseball because they oh, don't want to yeah. anger it. Right? They don't want to anger him. Right? He, they want him to come to New York. We're going to talk about that on the phone load. <laughs> fans are brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people. Um, but with the Mets and Sandy Alderson and Josh Burns and Ed Burns and George Burns and uh, the Wright brothers, all the Burns. I think they should hire Alderson, Cal. I've been saying it. I think have. I don't think it's necessarily that he's the perfect guy for the job. I think he's the right guy for the job right now. He's the guy that they need right now. He's the guy behind the guy, like John Favreau and Swingers. That's right. I believe you're right. I believe they need somebody to come in and clean this mess up. And Sandy Alderson is the guy to come in and clean it up. It's not just it, but it's not just to clean it up, Cal. It's also a well, and I, you can't do, they can't do anything until they clean it up. No, I understand that. Cleaning is necessary. I got that. Right? But it's Scrub also, it down. <laughs> Use a little also, magic eraser on the walls and then move on, right? That's where you're going with this. Sandy Alderson should shave his head and put an earring in and wear a white T-shirt. 
Um, or or wear a maid's outfit. <laughs> That's right. Wow, boy, we got sexist there. Oh my. What? Well, there could be male maids. Of course they can. They wear the same thing. What are they called? Butlers. That's right. <laughs> All I'm saying is Sandy Alderson. Sandy Alderson. Okay, gives them credibility to the to 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 the point of. You know Jeffy's not running the show. You know Jeff Wilpon's not running the show. If they hire Josh Burns, it's just that more more business as usual to me. And right now they have to make a hire that says it's not business as usual. Change the perception. Change the perception. Exactly. Perception change. Need so we're gonna. Up. So you think that uh, sometime this week we're gonna see Sandy Alderson announced as the new general manager? I do. I really do. I I think Josh Burns is there. Maybe, I mean, maybe, you know, the dream scenario that they're trying to pull off is the Alderson as team president and Josh Burns as the GM. And that maybe they're trying to see it. Because they got down to two very quickly. They did. They eliminated a lot of other people. Which makes you think that, you know, either Alderson has the job or they were maybe thinking of the dream scenario that we were thinking of. Right. I think... Alderson gets the job by the end of the week. I think he's the right hire. I think he is the right man for the job right now. And I think that it sends out the message to Met fans and to executives and Major League Baseball types and scouts and people who have been doing business with the Mets since Omar Minaya is here that there's a new sheriff in town and it's a guy who's not going to put up with Jeff Wilpon meddling. And I think they need to send that out. You know, now Cal, my only concern is, and I want to ask you this, and 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 then we're gonna we're gonna talk about the World Series real quick. Uh, but Cal, my only concern is he hasn't been a GM of a team in some time. Uh, not since 1997. 97. So he hasn't he hasn't been a GM in 13 years. Now he was the team president in San Diego and right. overseeing the baseball operation there, where they hired, uh, apparently drafted some pretty good pitchers. Would you like to see? Uh huh. Uh, but is, has the game passed him by? I mean, I know he's not coming into the office in a walker, and you know, right? This isn't hiring, uh, <laughs> you know, the, a 67 year old man to. Well, he's 62, but this isn't hiring <laughs> a guy. This isn't hiring a guy out of retirement. Is no, and, and and 62, 63 is not what it used to be. No, they didn't go Everybody to Del Boca that. Vista and pick him up off a lounge chair. No, no, he's actually in the Dominican Republic cleaning things up down there. As that's speak. right. So, so um, I, I, I think Alderson is the guy, Cal. That's, but, but like you said, that's my only concern. I want to make sure that he's still he's he's current with what's going on in the landscape of Major League Baseball right now. And he's also listening to a lot of uh, good music. He's current in music, right? You want to, <laughs> he's watching Glee. You want to make sure he's current everywhere. Uh, he's not watching Glee. He has cable vision. Ah, ooh, you got it in there. Nice for you. A little dig. A little dig. <laughs> you guys both have – Dr. E. Ray, you have cable vision as well, don't you? I, yeah, uh, I'm not going to be watching the World Series this year, clearly. Yep, or, that was – Or Glee. Or Glee. <laughs> or House. You, you're not going to – I can sum up House for you, though. Don't worry about it. He, it. Somebody has a weird disease, and he is a quirky guy who finds uh, out the cure. Oh, we doesn't he make ten it? minutes of the show. <laughs> right, but it's isn't somebody it always takes him takes him fifty eight minutes to d- diagnose every time? <laughs> and the promo is always like, "Doctor, this man is dying. 
Oh, well, that's a shame. Right. And then they move on. House. <laughs> how do, hey, I want to ask Dr. Uray, how do you feel about House? You watch a show like House now that you're, you know, you're a doctor. You've been a doctor for a long Is it just like complete baloney or what? I mean, I, I like the sh- I like it because it's, it's entertaining, but it's not realistic in any way. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's obviously dealing with this, the, the strangest and oddest of conditions that ever existed on the planet. Um, you know, I deal with simple stuff, you know, erection problems, stuff like that. <laughs> you mean it's not like ER? Can I, can I say that? Can I say erection on, on the air? I don't see any reason why not. I think you just did twice. <laughs> uh, as long as you're not talking about one of our erections, that's, that's totally yeah. fine. There, there are some rules. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. The, <laughs> you used to like ER, though. How did you... How did you uh, I, I love ER. Did you think it was realistic? Um, I thought there was a lot of realistic aspects of that show, yes. Okay. Yeah. And was, was one of them that... Dramatic television. Was one of them somebody as dreamy as George Clooney with nutrition? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call series is starting without the Yankees. All right, yes. Actually, doing it yeah. without the Yankees. Does, does any do people? I was surprised. I was surprised. They are actually going to go ahead and go with the World Series without. They're doing it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing but they're doing it. Well, the Yankees. Uh, out the Giants of San Francisco taking on the Rangers of Texas. The Giants haven't won since 1954 when they were the New York Giants. The Texas Rangers have never even sniffed this. Uh, it's going to be an interesting World Series. If only I hope to see Lee and Tim Lincecum square off uh, three times, Cal. Happy game, game four, game seven. You see the pitchers go at each That'd be cool. I'd be sort of lamenting, oh, we didn't get the Yankees-Phillies rematch or whatever. Well, you know what? The rest of the baseball world is not that upset. I'll be honest with you. We're not all that broken up about it. No, not really. Um, you know who's really excited about this is Benji Molina. Yes. <laughs> Benji Molina um, will get a World Series share one way or the other. That's correct. Or a loser share. Yep. Oh, that's right. oh, I didn't even think about Benji Molina. He's playing both sides of the fence. Sure is. How about a, how about another Molina catcher crushing a uh, New York team in the postseason there? And uh, I, I, did I read that it was on the exa- it was on the exact same date that Yadier hit the home run off of Aaron Heilman? It was the same date. Yep, yeah, it was the same date. Yadier Molina hits the home run off Aaron Heilman. Benji Molina hits the home run off of Burnett, who should not have been at the game at that point. No. But I digress. Hey, nope. Jol- Jolton Joe Girardi still got a job. He's got not only that he got a raise. I know. <laughs> what a country! Well done, well done, sir. You just got us eliminated from the playoffs. Here's a raise. <laughs> You've done a heck of a job, Joseph. Um, <laughs> I think I went a little mad dog there. A little bit, you know. Uh, and just real quick, going back to Girardi, I've never seen anybody take a loss as hard as that man took that loss in Game Six. When I took the game, I, I really – there should have been there with him to protect himself. It was – I mean, it, it was it was very rough to watch. It was. Yeah. Upsetting. Uh And I think that 
I, I think in this World Series, though, Cal, let's give a, a, a quick, uh, you know, it starts tomorrow night in San Francisco in the National League Park for the first time ever. I, yeah. I really I really think that uh, San Francisco, for the same reason I thought they had the edge uh, with the Phillies, or at least we're going to be competitive with the Phillies. And by the way, I called that series. Just FYI. Just want it out there. That's all. Right. You know, I don't love me. Who do you love? It's not anything like that. It's not self-aggrandizing. I said... <laughs> Can I get a slow clap? Can I <laughs> Rudy. Rudy. That was a good call. I, I, I just I said before the playoffs started that I thought that the Giants would have a chance against uh, the Phillies because the Phillies had extended periods of time where their bats went uh, very quiet. They went into extended team slumps, and I thought the Giants had the best pitching to go up against them. But I feel like the Giants... Now, both, both teams have a little bit of magic going for them. I think the Giants are Destiny's team this year. The San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants. Not to be confused with the New York Giants, which is coming up next. I'm right ready to unload. Finish, <laughs> after we finish on the World Series. <laughs> um, that was awesome, Cal. Coming up yeah. next. I'm ready. <laughs> on Love Boat. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Fantasy Island. Scott Bale finds love. <laughs> oh, the love boat. Back to back with Fantasy Island. Uh, the New York football Giants. I like the Giants, uh, the San Francisco Giants in that World Series, too, in six games. I would love a good World Series. I want to see it go seven because I would love to see that, that third oh. matchup with Lincecum and Lee. How great would that be? How great would Lincecum Lee game seven in San Francisco, which is a tremendous ballpark? I think that would be awesome. That would just be. Yeah, you know what? That's all I'm rooting for. Get me to seven games. Yeah, like, yeah, because you know what? I don't have a vested interest in either of these two teams. I like them both. I'd like to see either one of them win. So I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna waffle a little bit along the way. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I have a nice vested interest a little bit in Texas because of the wife and the family and stuff. True. I have a nice little vested interest in the San Francisco Giants because they're the Mets' grandpappies. They are. And so they've, I've always kind of liked the San Francisco Giants, and they have a great ballpark. So I, I'll go, I'll I'll go total front runner for this. How's that sound? And, and of course, the Mad Dog must be going nuts right now. Oh, absolutely! Oh, baby, he's going crazy. <laughs> the Giants, the they're doing it, baby. Come on! Ah, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Let's move on, Cal, to the New York Football Giants, the G-Men, the Gents. Giants. Big blue. Big game last night in, in Dallas. Uh, um, knocked out yet another quarterback. Yeah, how about this now? This is a little streak going. The Giants beating the Cowboys last night, 41-38. Oh, was, it, was that the final? It was 41-35. 35, that's right. It, it was never, it didn't seem to be that close. Yeah, the Giants, but, you know, foolishly throwing the football late in the game. Well, it, it was close in the beginning because Eli Manning threw two early picks in the first quarter, putting Dallas up ten nothing right right away. I mean, before you could blink, Dallas was winning ten nothing. They looked like they were starting to exercise the demons of the early part of the season. Right. Uh, and then Tony Romo went down. Yeah, and then they knocked Tony Romo. I mean, a great hit by Michael Boley. Uh, he comes unscathed through on a blitz. It really drives Romo into the turf, but it was a completely clean hit. Yep. And we saw a lot of clean hits this weekend, Cal. We'll talk about that just for a second a little later, about the NFL passing 
the rules, uh, we had talked about it last week, Cal, a lot. Um, I know some folks weren't able to listen to the show last week because we had some technical difficulties, but we talked a lot last week about the NFL kind of changing midstream. We did think they needed to do something, but we wanted to make sure that they did uh, something very specific, let these guys really know what hits are against the rules. They seem to have done that, but anyway, Bowley with a clean hit, Romo fractures, fractures his clavicle. Hey, Ooh. lady, that's easy to say. <laughs> he fractured his clavicle. Um, so Romo out, at least, you know, that could be an 8- to 10-week injury. Could be out for the season. Uh, here comes John, the John Kitna. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. First of all, John Kitna still has a job in the league? Really? Apparently. Really? There's that much of a, of a lack of backup quarterbacks that the best you could have on that team in Dallas is John Kitna? Really? Well, I mean, you're a Super Bowl team, right? You have, you have. Uh, apparently, they're not. You have a Super Bowl team. Well, uh, not, but coming into this season, Cal, they're supposed to be a Super Bowl favorite with Super Bowl allegations in their own home Super Bowl stadium well, in Fantasyland over there. Not really working it out. And John, forget about the fact that they now have to probably play the next eight weeks with John Kitna. And they're one and five, and the season's pretty much over. I think so. I wouldn't trust John to come in for you know three plays. That's just I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And 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 you know we're we're kind of focusing on the Cowboys right now, but um, yes. Wade, well, we're going to talk about the Giants. We're going to talk about the Giants. But before we move on to the Giants, Wade Phillips, um, really, like you talk to what you said, Wade really? Phillips. How how does Phillips every, and every week? It's amazing. We he say it every, thing, thing. every week. Every single week. How does he still have a job? Don't know. How? Don't know. How? <laughs> I still don't know. Okay. He's got pictures. He's got uh, stock in the team. He's got uh, made a deal with the devil. I don't know. I have no idea. This, 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 it's like the show. It's like some TV show that's been running so long. You're like, how? Who is watching Blossom? How is that show still on the air? <laughs> who is watching NCSI? Who, who's no. watching this? And yet, week, there's Murder, She Wrote. Somebody's what watching is? it. <laughs> Somebody's watching the show, and it's not getting canceled. Every week with Wade Phillips. All right, I, I can't. I can't even talk about him, because he's a, he's a joke. So, <laughs> the, Yankees, no, the Yankees. I'll be right. The Giants... Are they the best team in the NFL? In the NFL? Yeah, well, Antro Roll believes so. I thought he said they were the best team in the NFC. Did he say NFL? Oh, oh no, he said the NFL. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, Cal, you got all street with me there. He did, because you know, cause we saw that earlier. Um, we thought it was the NFC, but it was it was the NFL. Antro Roll believes the Giants are the best team in the NFL. Steve, go. Well... I think it's quite interesting that another team here in the New York City area across town uh, has a coach and several players who make these kind of statements. And they are ripped to shreds here by many in the local media as being arrogant and cocky and a frat house. And they wait, a second, wait 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 a second. 
<laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Antro Roll was ripped accordingly for making that comment. Was he really? He was. So we have to be fair. By who? <laughs> who do you think? Did did Francesca get on him today? I wasn't able to listen. Yeah, he did get on him. He, you know, talking talk a little too much. Talk oh, a little too well, much. Um, uh, I mean, Mike must be beside himself. Yeah, well, he he, was, he wasn't happy with the way they played because let's you know if you watch the Giant game last night, they're five and two, but they 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 weren't crisp last night. You know, they were kind of sloppy. Dallas was really bad, and I think the Giants took advantage of that. Yeah, but if you look at that five and two record, aside from beating Houston on the road, give me the the really good team that they've beaten convincingly in that group. Well, it's. All right. Are you going to go back to the uh, the you are what you record says you are? A little bit. I mean, look. But, it, but, it, but if that's the case, Cal, and you are what your record says you are, then they just beat a team that was one and four, and is now one and five. So right. that's not really a great win. No, it's not. Well, look, they, the NFC is a very weak conference, and you could make a case that they are pro- they could be the best team in the NFC. But when you look at the teams that they've, they've lost, the two losses came to Tennessee and Indianapolis. That's telling right there because their two losses came against teams from the AFC. Right. No, I, 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 I think that the NFC is definitely weaker than the AFC. We've talked about it. We've talked about the top three teams in football are maybe in the AFC. I think now after this week, you have to put the Giants in that conversation. I, I agree. And look, they do everything well. The Giants. They can, or strike that. They can do everything. They okay. can, can run the ball effectively. They have Eli Manning, who's a championship quarterback. They can throw the ball effectively. They have a really good core receivers now that can run around, get open. They have a short guy, a long guy, possession guy. They I'm have gonna... every, every sort of guy that you need. They have the best defensive line when it's playing well in football. They can All play right. to the quarterback. They can cover. They can do everything well. Okay, but now I'm going to poke poke holes there. Number one, you said they can run the ball, they can ball, but they also fumble a lot, right? That's a problem. Okay, number two, they throw the ball well, but Eli Manning has been prone to throw some bad interceptions. Problem number two. Okay, number three, they catch the ball well, yet we've seen a lot of these receivers, the ball has been out of their hands. As a matter of fact, last night, two winners came off of, off of tipped uh, balls. Eight out of his 11 interceptions have been tipped first, yes. So there, there, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to debate you on this. It's just they're a very interesting team when you stop and take a look at them because yes, they do a lot of things well, but those things that they do well, tendency to do poorly. So it's I, they're five and two. I don't think a good deal for the team. But I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I understand that and I agree with that. I think. As they've said, I guess over the last, you know, a couple of days, the only thing that can stop them, they feel like them. Like the only way that they can really be stopped yeah. is when they make mistakes. And we've seen them, you know, in the loss to the Titans, completely lose their cool, commit all those penalties. I mean, it's just amazing what winning does for a team that had completely given up on their coach. And, you know, we're talking back on the sidelines, and Coughlin had lost the team, and then they win a couple of games, and they're the greatest team in the world. Right. And it's just funny to see that Mantrell rolled. And this was the same guy who 
weeks ago that there's too much of this, too much of that, too much of this. Now we're the best in the NFL. Right. So it's amazing, you know, literally four weeks later, everything's right with the world and hunky-dory. And jo- and they and look, they're 5-2. They've taken the lead in the NFL. They went to the bye feeling really good about themselves, having gone into Dallas and effectively ended their season. They have knocked out four quarterbacks in a row. I mean, yeah, last the last two. I mean, Sean Hill and Tony Romo broke bones, right? And they, they knocked out quarterbacks in the Bears game. So they knocked out both Cutler and uh, the the Todd Collins mixer. So they're they're getting to the quarterback again, and we all know from their run a couple of years ago that when they get to the quarterback and they create havoc on that defensive line, that is when that defense is effective. And Perry Fuel has them playing very very well. Um, so, look, do I think they're the best team in the NFC? I think they are. I don't think that's saying a ton. You know, it's it's uh, it's akin to being like the the best team in the you know in the East in the NBA. Right. You know, there are probably four teams in the West that are better than. You. Right. But look, from where they were four weeks ago when they were 1-2 and two and people were ready to, and their only win was against the Panthers, and people were ready to get up on the season. They've done a, they've done a, a pretty good job. And again, with the, and again, count with Eli Manning. Yeah, no, listen. Before we talked about yesterday, what do Giant fans want for? I know. I know, I know he, he won a Super Bowl. Inter- I, know, I know he threw three interceptions, but he threw for four, he threw four touchdowns yesterday. Yeah, you throw the, if you throw the first quarter out yesterday, he was really, really good. Yeah, and they had 500 yards of offense. What, what do you want from this guy? He just they, but there, there's just something there. Wanna, what I'd like to see them do is go somewhere on the road against a real tough team and and just grind out a win, like a, a really well played close game. Come yeah. away with. A, I feel a lot better about them if they did that. And maybe I'm not being fair, but that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> well, st- you know, stay true to your feelings, Cal. That's what this show is all about. And maybe, uh, I don't know where that came from, but I got emotional. Doctor, maybe you can if they're going to buy this week, and then what does the schedule look like for them uh, going forward? But uh, for them, 5-2, and two, we saw some interesting football, Cal, overall uh, this weekend. shocking. We'll have the Swami, a.k.a. Count Broccoli, on later for his picks, his NFL picks. He had a big pick. He went 5-1 and one last week. But his one loss was that Browns-Saints uh, game. What? What's up with that? Cue the music. My goodness. <laughs> Who we? what's up with that? <laughs> I, I mean, Eric Mangini goes in there in, in New Orleans. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I mean, there's a Super Bowl hangover going on there, Cal. David Bowen. I mean, yeah, the two. Wow, two for touchdowns. Drew Brees doing his best. I don't, you know, Archie Manning impression. No, that's that's mean. Yeah, Bob, Bobby A. Bear. That's that's good. <laughs> All I know is, if you had the Browns over the Saints, good on you. You could have yeah. made a fortune. How about if you had uh, Denver? Plus forty, and you still <laughs> lost to Oakland. <laughs> yeah, Oakland slaps the fifty-nine spot. Listen, hey, Steve, Steve, guess what? I'm going to give you the Denver Broncos at home. 
and I'm going to give you 40 points. Go no ahead, way. take it. No, no way. No way. We, Oak, we, Oakland's going to score 60. And we saw with the Jets, I mean, the, the Jets went into Denver last week, and it was like they were they were on the campus of Ohio State. Yeah, it well. So, so crazy there. <laughs> the Jets, they were at the horseshoe. The Jets yeah, right? got Denver's best effort, though, last week, and Denver came up short in that game. They, I mean, I watched highlights of the game. They didn't even show up. No. They, they didn't even bother to throw a helmet out on the field. Like that, <laughs> the, uh, and, of course, no show on Marino still managed to have a good enough day fantasy-wise to beat me. Um, yeah, thanks. They lose 59-14, but he has the only two touchdowns. Of course. Sorry. Okay, and we are back on. Sorry about that. Uh, the Skype seems to be uh, working funky tonight, but we'll we'll battle through it. And Doctor Erase that uh, is always there, always doing a great job. And he did just pull up the uh, Giants' upcoming schedule. Uh, they have the bye this week, Cal. Then they're at Seattle, home to Dallas, at Philly, home Jacksonville Jaguars, and home to Washington. Wow, that's that's an interesting upcoming schedule because you got Dallas in two weeks, so they'll see John Kitten again. Well, forget about Dallas. The Seattle after the bye. Seattle is no picnic to, to go into. Now, what is going on with Mr. Carroll up there in the in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know. It's a little strange. Now, let me ask you a question, Cal. Was that Mike Williams, the first-round draft pick of the Detroit Lions from all those years ago? Yeah, that's the Mike Williams. That's the one thinking of yes he's the one who's putting up the biggie numbers in yeah. uh in seattle not not the new mike williams right to the old mike williams from detroit that's now uh been born in in uh in seattle i tell you what you can't spit nfl right now without hitting a mike williams <laughs> it's my fell is lousy with mike williams they really are uh but this is the guy who was drafted in the first round i think he was like Three or four overall. I mean, he's a really high pick, right? Mike Williams. Well, yeah, he was. He was like a top five pick. He lost his passion for football, didn't he? Yeah, he was one. Of, was one of the three top five receivers that Matt Millen selected in right. a four-year span. If you remember? Yes, I do. When they Mike were, Williams, Roy Williams, uh, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, right? And now he's back, and he's got a career now. He does. Right, because he likes football again. Which is good. He's got a career. Matt Millen's got a nice little career. Everybody's happy. My question would be, Cal, at when did he run out of money? Probably not too long ago. Mike Williams. He needed to come back. Right. Is that Does that make me cynical? No. <laughs> no, your face does. 424-220-18, the number to call. We have uh, Dave Rutley coming up in a few minutes from ffadvisor.com with the Fantasy 5 spot for this week. Hey, uh, Steve, before, yeah. uh, before we get to Dave Rutley, yeah, Cal. I'm going a little off the board here. Yep. We have, we have to talk about the ongoing saga of Mr. Brett Favre. Favre? Okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get right down to it. Let's, let's roll up our sleeves and Favre it. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, Brett Favre now with a, um, I believe he, he's got a broken foot. Is that uh, is that ankle. what happened? 
Let's bring the doctor in. Let's bring right. the doctor in. I want the doctor. Right. We have a doctor on staff. Dr. E. Ray. There he is. What's going on with Brett Favre? What's he got? They say that he has a fractured medial malleolus, which is the inside part of the ankle. Um, oh, I love it when uh, you talk dirty. Also, I love it. The top, the, there's also reportedly an, uh, a fracture, a compression fracture on the top of the foot. Um, these are painful injuries. There's no doubt. And I, I, from what I understand, they're not surgery-based injuries, but they, um, you know, require, you know, immobilization for a little period of time. Um, I, you know, I, I was telling you the other day, Steve, I broke, you know, the medial malleolus part of the foot as well, and it was a tiny little fracture, and I was in a ton of pain. Um, there's also a report out today that said that there's a question of whether or not there's any fractures at all. So I don't think we even know what the extent of the injuries are right now. But uh, if they are fractures in that area, they are very painful. And are we are we convinced that he really is injured? Uh, you are. You are. You have something to get off your chest tonight, don't you, Cal? Now, I'm watching the game, and as they're walking into the into the locker room after this horrible loss in Green Bay, hands his helmet to Ryan Longwell, the kicker, like he's his personal errand boy. All right. He might be though. He might be. He might. He might be. And and to each his own. But as one, he notices that the camera is still on him. Take a moment back from Longwell. You can see him mad. No, 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 it's okay. I got it. And then immediately he starts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Conspiracy. I, I yeah. have had about as much as I could take this guy, this selfish, selfish man, continues to now just because you love to play the game. That's not fun. He's a gunslinger. You know why do pe- why do teams keep this? Uh, well, I can give you one reason. He threw what thirty seven touchdowns last year. Yeah, how many interceptions did he throw? Steve? Last year many- he only threw like six. Really? What about that? The last interception that he threw? I, I'm just saying. I mean, in the playoffs, he has and he horribly this year. I mean, I watched that Green Bay. Minnesota game the other night, and he's the reason they lost the game. He's out of the on that play where he overthrew Mark. He had to his right. That would be the game. I know that Harvin, you know, they thought they had the touchdown, and Harvin pushed out of bounds. He did get pushed out of bounds. Or I should say, didn't come down in bounds, right. But um, uh, on that last play, that fourth and 15, he had Harvin wide open in the seam to his right. and he. But uh, Cal... Do you think Brad Childress is the guy to stand up to Brett Favre? He he looks like he wants to be. Oh, please. Come on. That guy he couldn't looks- stand up to a room full of nursery school kids. <laughs> Come on. No. I, I, well, I he better be a mustache first because I would be laughing in his face if he tried to get serious. You know, nobody's got the gumption. Nobody's got the gumption, Cal. Somebody, well, somebody needs to have the gumption because if you if you are a member of the Minnesota Vikings organization, if you run the organization, if you're the owner, you're you're an executive with the team. This, this is Brett Favre, this is what you desperately prayed for all summer and sent a contingent of Vikings to his ranch to pull him back because we desperately need you. We can't live without you, Brett Favre. This is what you want. This is what you're expecting. This broken down shell 
of, of a man in his Wrangler jeans. He loves the game. I, I can't take it anymore. I can't. I, I cannot. I cannot take the, the broadcasters, the ESPN announcers. Oh, Twenty years. Twenty years. Let me tell you something. In twenty years, I've never seen this look on that man's face. Oh, jeez. Let me tell you. Oh, I mean, it's like he's a gunslinger, Cal. I can't. I can't take it anymore. I'm sorry. He loves the game. <sighs> loves it. Loves it more than you. More than anyone. He loves the game. Loves loves the game. Four two four two zero eighteen seventeen. Uh, I, I you you just unloaded. Thank goodness we named the show ready to unload. I'm and, sorry. And, and no, don't be sorry. That's why we named the show ready to unload. And I don't blame you. I totally agree. And and I, as a Jet fan, I had to, I had to put up with this guy for a year. And well, that's my next thing. Why? How come I'm not hearing outrage from all the Jet fans that had to live with this guy for a year? Because. Because they collapsed, and because he was so selfish with his streak that he wouldn't take himself out of any games, and an eight and three start finished with a nine and seven non-playoff season, Jet fans now have Rex Ryan, okay. and a trip to the AFC Conference Championship game last year, and a five and one record to start this one. But why is his streak being celebrated when it's coming at the expense of these teams? That's see. That's a question I, I think has a larger. Presents a larger problem, because of the streak. If you talk about Cal Ripken, right, and you talk mm-hmm. about Cal Ripken's streak, do you feel at any point in time he was sacrificing the good of the team, or compromising the good of the team for his streak? Yes. He had to, right? I mean, he, he oh, had to at some point. A lot right. towards the end. He's he's either not allowing the, the Orioles to make the moves that they need to make. He had to move to third base. Maybe there's a kid who doesn't come up and get to play. Whatever it may be, at some point, the team is compromised because of the streak. However, the streak for him with the Orioles is one of the great legacies for that team. Okay, And you can't hurt a team the same way Brett Favre is hurting a football team. In other words, right. with a baseball team, Cal Ripken's one of 24 guys. He doesn't pitch. You know, He can't hurt a team as much as Brett Favre can. Cal Ripken didn't take his streak to three different teams. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is, at what point does the streak, it, we've already seen that it's compromised other teams. Mm-hmm. So is he, by continuing to do this, tarnishing the streak? Of course, I think he is. Right, but why is nobody else, Cal? Why are we nope. the only two people sitting here in, in <laughs> Dumpling Sound Studios in Bayside, all right, New York, the only two people who seem to realize that by doing this, he is tarnishing his streak? I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with this guy. I mean, he's, he's really, and he's, and he's really proving to be a bad guy with all of these things that he's doing. You know? Yeah. He's not, I, he's not a good guy. Yeah, no, I I, I totally agree. I mean, you're finding he's a married out... man, and he's sending pictures to this girl <laughs> of himself. He's married. Let's, let's not forget, he's married. Yes, long time. Long time married. Long time, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, in that he's sense, grandfather. Now, he's proven to be a, 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 another dumb professional athlete. I mean, right. but from a, a team standpoint, I think he's hurting his legacy. I really do. 
I agree. And, and, if, and if he would have just gone away and retired when he left Green Bay, if he would have left amicably back then, I mean, Brett Favre would, would go down in history as one of the most beloved athletes of our generation. Yeah. And he also – this is the other thing I don't get, Cal. And we're, we're going to move on in a sec. But this is the other thing I don't get. Nobody's going to touch that streak. I know. Nobody has a chance of touching that streak. That streak started when we were in high school. In the modern NFL, nobody's got a shot. Well, if they move to 18 games, somebody might have a shot. I, I mean, I guess, but, you know, nobody, when he left Green Bay, yeah, you know, he was 50 games over Jim Marshall. I mean, nobody's got a shot. Well, in his, in his mind, he's going to play, he's going to start until he can't play anymore. And when he doesn't start anymore... Then he'll be done. Oh, well, I, I think this will be the end of it this year. If he, if he misses a start this year, I think that'll be it for him. Right. Well, you think he's ready to? Uh, Brad Childress is ready to usher back the era. I, I think Brad Childress has had his fill of Brett Favre. I really yeah. do. No, I agree. I mean, I agree. He he must have. But like I said, Brad Childress, I just laugh when I look at the guy. I'm sorry. I know. He just he looks like a he looks like an art teacher. And good, <laughs> and good, good for the people of Green Bay that got to see what happened on uh, on Sunday night. Yes. Oh, that how how sweet and and just delicious must that have been for them? Oh, great! I mean, because they beat them twice last year. Yep. No, go ahead, uh, Doctor E. Ray. Go ahead. You know, the funny thing is, I, I hate Brett Favre. There's no doubt about it. But I, I have to be honest with you. I was pretty amazed at his ability to come back. Uh, in that game, after throwing a pick six, drove right down the field and threw a fantastic touchdown pass. And then, at the end of the game, he had his team within a touchdown, you know, a chance of, of, of tying that game, uh, taking the lead. Um, you know, even though you could say what you want, Cal, about him, about his injuries and how he's a bad person, he's still very effective at this age. Oh, he got you, Ev. He, he got you. Listen, he, threw, he got you. Oh, you You're got bought you? and sold. You've been, you've been ESPN'd. That's crazy. I'll tell you what. You, know, you saw a couple of great throws in that game, and uh, yeah, obviously he, he, he's very prone to the, uh, to the interception, but he, he was pretty hurt there in that game, don't you think? He might have been. He might not. I mean, we talked about it the week before uh, when when he played the Jets, mm-hmm. you know, in the Jet-Viking game where, you know, he grabs his, ooh, my, it was like right. it was like Al Cervic in, in, in Caddyshack. Well, ooh, my came, I think I don't he's know. broken. You know, was, and then all of a sudden he rifles a ball down the field. I mean, what am I supposed to believe? I was reminded of a story, you know, I read this this week uh, somewhere on Twitter, that he sent pictures of his battered ankle to NBC before the season started. The ankle that he played hurt on last year in the, in the championship game. He, Brett Favre himself, sent those pictures to NBC because he wanted those pictures shown on the air. So he had, a, had an excuse for why he played bad last year. Wow. That's what he does. This is what this guy does. Yeah, he's, he's sort of maniacal. Ugh. He, he, yeah, there's some, yeah, so. And he sent he sent some other pictures potentially too. Uh, that's what we hear. He was very big on the picture taking and the sending. He's an amateur photographer. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call. I don't want to talk about Brett Favre anymore. I'm not here to talk about Brett Favre. What I am here to talk about, Cal. Now you and I are in a fantasy football league with Doctor Eray Stat, right? Yes. Uh, we are in La Familia, our fantasy football league, and 
you know, the guys in our league go absolutely crazy hunting down numbers, who to start, sit them, start them every week. Our fantasy league is completely competitive, Cal. Very competitive, and everybody's always looking for an edge. Well, the guy here at Ready to Unload, we have an edge, and I'll tell you why. We have been using ffadvisor.com. Now, ffadvisor.com is a fantasy football site unlike any other you have ever seen. These guys are very, very bright. They're MIT guys. They got together and went mathematical with this thing. They came up with an algorithm to figure out who you should start, who you should sit based on which site did the best the week before. And then they will tell you, they will rank on a weekly basis what site to go to to get your stardom, sit'em advice. So it's ffadvisor.com. That's ffadvisor.com to get the edge in fantasy football for your league. Go to ffadvisor.com and you will have an edge that nobody else has. All right. Well, Cal, uh, you know, the thing about... Uh, uh, we got to figure out how to get a fade button. But the thing about... Um, <laughs> so harsh. Yeah, it's it's rough. It just cuts off. I got to fade that out. Remind me, Dr. E. Ray, put that down on things to do for Sam Pete for the week. <laughs> that and uh I need to uh drop off dry cleaning tomorrow. Um which is very important. Can we uh, just send our intern to do that? That's <laughs> That's right. We're we're taking applications for interns as well. Definitely. Yes. Uh, oh, it's very prestigious. You know the intern program here at RTU uh, is going to be much like Kramer's intern program, <laughs> where with uh, Kramerica Industries. That's right. Now let's go push this huge ball of <laughs> huge ball of oil out a window. All right, four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. We're awaiting uh, Dave Rutley from FFAdvisor.com. He's going to call him at some point with the Fantasy Five. Uh, but until such a time, Cal, what I did want to talk about real quick was uh, we, we talked about the concussions from last week. And I just want to say one thing on this. I had a friend of mine make a really interesting point to me, Cal, and I wanted to share it. And I ha- I'm sharing it with his complete permission. Okay. But a couple of the guys uh, that I work with and I were discussing this from last week. They had listened to the show. Thank you. And yeah. um, we were discussing this and uh, discussing James Harrison's reactions. James Harrison, the Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker, you know, with the complete crazy, to me, to me, seemingly over-the-top reactions to his $75,000 fine and the fact that uh, the NFL is, is sort of changing the rules midstream right. in the he, season to cut down on these helmet-to-helmet hits. And he talked about how he was um, he was so upset with these changes and these restrictions that were being placed on the way that he plays, he was contemplating retirement last week. Yeah, and, and Cal, I think... You know, back me up on this, or don't, but there'll be hell to pay if you don't. But there, I, there seemed to be a lot of this in the print media and on the airwaves about the NFL was wrong to do this. And, you know, players coming out and saying, oh, you know, next we're going to be playing flag football, and you're, you're asking me to change the way I play, and you know mid-season and this is and and a lot of a lot of people that I would think would be for this were coming out again they were coming out against it and I was surprised yeah it was it was and it, I I felt that it was pretty much the players the former players in the media 
they were the ones that were against this, and they and they thought that it was going to change the NFL to something that they you know that they weren't in favor of, and the the media or the people that never played the game thought this was a great idea and thought it was going to protect the players. See, I kind of I didn't find that, Cal. I found a no. lot of media media types. And I'll, I'll name names if I have to. I don't really care, but because I'm giving them credit anyway, because I read them every week and I value their opinion. Name them because I don't. I but don't guys, know you never play. I mean, Simmons, Bill Simmons came out uh, saying this was uh, ridiculous and that they shouldn't do this. Nope. You know, and that the the NFL was being reactionary and overreacting to something that's not as huge a problem. Now Simmons has come out against, uh, or, or he has come out for really improving the technology for concussions, it has been a hot topic for him. He just felt the NFL was being reactionary by doing it in season, it seemed. And there seemed to be a lot of that. Well, you you can certainly make that case because it came after a week where there were just an egregious number of horrible, horrible helmet-to-helmet hits. Right. And that's what we talked about with Jimmy uh, James's article on on RTUsports.com, who writes for us. Jimmy James does a, a great column for us. And Jimmy said, hey, I have no problem with them enacting these things, but let's make sure they're specific about what they're penalizing you for. Right. If you do, you know, send out what hits are going to be penalties. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> all right, two things. One was Dr. E. Ray texts me and says, Merrill Hodge <laughs> just came out and said, it's ridiculous that they're changing these rules. Or Dr. E. Ray, what did he say? Dr. E. Ray, jump in here. Because you, you had seen Merrill Hodge... You know, who said that that they shouldn't change it? What, what did he say? Was it something uh, to, along the lines of, like, that, that they shouldn't change this rule, right? Uh, it was pretty amazing. He, he basically was talking about how um, uh, that the, everyone was kind of, you know, uh, just overreacting to the whole thing. And, I, and I, as you pointed out to me, this is Merrill Hodge here. This is the king of the, uh, the concussion back in the uh, – The guy retired. The, the guy retired because he had, like, eight concussions. Mm-hmm. If you're Merrill Hodge, how are you not in favor of this? Immediately. This this this, this rule would have saved you millions of dollars. I mean, this guy's career was cut short because of concussions. So for Merrill Hodge to not be in favor of them trying to cut down on concussions and the league being reactionary towards it when guys are getting carted off like it's Bunker Hill, Okay, <laughs> are you kidding me, Merrill? Maybe he maybe he's had so many concussions he doesn't remember he had them all. <laughs> okay, that's A. And then B. One of the guys I was talking with at work made a great point, and he said, "Hey, ask James Harrison when his kid, his boy, is old enough to play football. Okay, and he's watching a high school game, and he sees somebody hit his kid that way." Is he going to feel the same way about it that he does right now? And I just thought, I just thought that was a tremendous point. You know, J- James Harrison, I think if he took a second to stop and think about it, and if he had a 21-year-old son who was playing college ball, and some linebacker came across and hit him the way James Harrison uh, hit Josh Cribbs, or, he, or it seems to lead with the helmet every time he tackles. Uh-huh. And lo- the way they launch themselves. Too. Right, the launching of themselves. You know, I mean, if you can't learn to wrap up, and I know I'm, nobody's expecting you to learn how to do it in a week. Hey, I got, I, I got, a, I got an idea. How about um, 
high school and college football coaches, you t- you teach these players how to tackle. Yeah. That would try be, that. that would try be try that. Maybe maybe get the tackling dummies out. Yeah. Show them a film. Lower your shoulder. Michael Bowley's hit on Romo. Perfectly clean. It was textbook. Yep. And guess what? Romo, out of the game, broken clavicle. Huge right. hit. Blew him up. Now, I know there was a lot of the talk about like how the media can't have it both ways. You know, the media can't come out against it because ESPN and, and Simmons talked about that, too. And they're showing jacked up and, you know, but I, I read a quote saying the fans want to see those hits. No, they don't. Not really. I've been going to games for 19 years. There is nothing. And I wasn't there the day Dennis Bird, uh, you know, was paralyzed on the field at the Meadowlands. OK, I don't want to see somebody carted off. You crazy? No, I, no, that's not what fans want. Fans don't want to see guys get jacked up. Fans you know want to see good, clean, hard hits. Right. I want to see somebody tackled for a loss in the backfield because somebody wrapped somebody up around the waist and exactly. pulled him down. Michael Boley on Tony Romo. All right. Send that tape to James Harrison. That's that's how you hit somebody. You lower your shoulder into him and you drive him and you drive him back and it's a big hit and everybody goes crazy and the quarterback's knocked out of the game, but he's not knocked out of the game with a concussion. Well, he's knocked out of the game with a broken clavicle. Yes, that's no fun either. That's certainly no fun not. That. Certainly not saying that's a day in the park. But you want to know something? That's going to heal. That's and, and, that was, and, and real quick before we move on to the fun load, because I want to talk about that. But but you saw a lot of this. You saw a lot of. All right. So I'm not going to get hit in the head. I'm going to get hit in the knee, and it's going to tear up my knee, and my career is over. And a lot of these guys were looking at this more along the lines of, I'm going to lose money because right. my career is in jeopardy, rather than I'm going to lose a quality of life because I can't think straight from all yep. these blows to the head. That's the mentality. Crazy. Yep. Like I said, and uh, soapbox out. I'm, I'm off my soapbox, and I apologize. But the show is called Ready to Unload. Uh, but I think if James Harrison or one of these guys took a second, I thought that was a great point my buddy Mike made, uh, you know, that if they took a second to think about his kid, you know, your own son being 20 years old and playing uh, at Ohio State or something, and some linebacker lights him up that way, making no attempt to tackle him and just hits him, launches himself and hits him helmet to helmet, you still feel really good about that? You know, it, it's it's sad to say I don't think these guys think that way. No, I, no, they definitely don't. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen, the number to call. Uh, we we have not heard from Dave Rutley. Uh, Dave, if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. But uh, if we can't get to you, we'll we'll definitely put up your uh, picks of the week from ffadvisor.com on the website. So uh, check that out on our website, and also please check out ffadvisor.com. They really do do a great job. Now, uh, Doctor Ray is uh, whipping us. Uh, but we love it when he does it. It's not like kinky or sexual or anything. It's just he's just you know he's telling us we are way behind. So now you know like what Cal. time it is, Cal. Well, it's it's not time for anything gimmicky. It's time for the fun load, Cal. <laughs> no shtick. Yeah. No shtick. <laughs> Let's just jump right into it. It's time for the no shtick load. Uh, <laughs> hey, the, there there was the story today about Cliff Lee. Uh, well, more importantly, Cliff Lee's wife, and how she was at the Yankee games. Now, Dr. E. Ray and Cal, please, both of you, tell me what happened with this story, because I, I was at a confirmation today, and I was a little out of the loop. What happened? Someone. Go ahead, Dr. E. Ray. Uh, basically, they're, they're saying that the Yankee fans got a little rowdy. Uh, sounds like they were... Uh, you know, some people maybe imbibing a little bit, a little bit of alcohol, 
and uh, you know harassed uh, Cliff Lee's wife a little bit, throwing some beer, spitting, and shouting obscenities in her direction. Wow! In her general direction. In her general direction. Now, <laughs> we we must add real quick that Lee and his agent immediately defused this story right away. I wonder why, of course. Shocking that they would do that. Yeah. Now, this brings us to our our fun load tonight. We just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, fan behavior at games. Okay, this is there was a lot of this going on in the Yankee Rangers series, Cal. Yeah, and we saw that, the, we saw the picture of the right. What was that guy's name? Doctor Aaron. What was the guy's name that ran onto the field? He had some strange stage name. He went after A Rod. Yes. Well, uh, Lord. No. Uh, I can't think Morgana of his name. The, Morgana the Kissing Bandit. <laughs> oh. But she she should make a comeback. Remember uh, those days? I do remember Morgana. Well, it, it brings up Nolan Ryan. How many times did she go out to Nolan Ryan? Right. Yeah, she loved Didn't Nolan. Didn't she always used to come out to Nolan Ryan? She did. Um, no, that that guy, you know, funny story on that? The One of the police officers that was on the cover of the uh, uh, the newspapers today is a guy I know. It's Vic. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I was in a fantasy football league with him and uh, McWalters for many years. And uh, McWalters texted me and said, look at Vic on the cover of the post. <laughs> and uh, he was even, they did a cartoon one of the political cartoons or whatever, the next day, uh, of the guy, and it was Vic. There was a cartoon of Vic. It was great. <laughs> but, uh, no, the fan behavior, besides the guy running on the field, which we, of course, never see anymore, Cal. They don't show no, they, that on TV. Right. But you can get your picture on the front of the Daily News and the Post. But the fan behavior when the the, the non-interference interference call with uh, – with uh, Nelson Cruz in right field. Right, the ball that Cano hit. On the Cano home run. And the, and it's a judgment ruling. The umpire's judgment was that he wouldn't have had a shot at the ball anyway. Right. Uh, because it was a home run. I It was such a sketchy rule because you saw clearly that they hit his glove in play. Right. right. But he still wouldn't have had a chance to catch the ball. Anyway, did you see that fan's middle finger tribute salute? Oh, yeah. Like... Boy, that just reflects really poorly on Yankee fans. And yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious I don't mean... that those guys, those guys came to the game and they basically said, if a ball comes our way, uh, you're going to grab his glove, I'm going to go for the ball. That was just so obvious that that's what they were about. They just seemed to, they just, and then, you know, flipping off, uh, uh, he had that kind of Jersey Shore look on his face while he was screaming at Nelson Cruz. And, yeah, yo, that's what we do. We're you're Yankee fans. That's what we do. Yeah, we're it was Bronx. It was really bad. And 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 look, every city has these type of fans. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, the Phillies have guys that throw up on you on purpose. Uh, well, how about the how about the old the, the Kansas City Royals coach that was attacked right. in the first base box? Right, with it's a, never with been a, the same. A guy with a knife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, the, then the Phillies fan, like I said, you know, you stay classy, Philadelphia. The guy threw up on purpose on someone. Right. Made himself vomit on another fan. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Philly fans while we're at it. Um, years back when Michael Irvin was laid out, now Michael Irvin, a member of the hated Dallas Cowboys, laid out on the turf of Veteran Stadium yes. with a concussion, out cold, and the fans with a standing ovation. Cheering. You Cheering. Stay, you stay classy, Philadelphia. Also known to boo Santa Claus in that yes. movie. And, and, and now pretty much in Philadelphia you can get away with anything. That's right. Because they booed Santa Claus. But the the first 
the first stadium with their own holding cell, I think. That's right. And that's a proud moment for Philadelphia. Yeah, the vet had its own jail cell. That's a proud moment. But these fans also, we almost had a Bartman situation, right? Uh, we almost oh, had a, 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 you know, Steve Bartman, of course, famous for grabbing the foul ball uh, in Wrigley Field from Moises Alou and costing the Cubs a probably a chance to go to the World Series uh, against the Marlins in 2003. And we almost had a Bartman here. Now, look, you're a fan at one of these games. First of all, there's extra seating. There's usually extra seating, especially in the older ballparks. Okay, I remember at, at Shea, the few times that the Mets were in the postseason, they put a ton of extra seating along the walls and, uh, I mean, along the uh, foul lines and stuff like that. So yeah, it's usually it's, extra seating, and it's standing room only, so it's jammed. Right. It shortens up the, the field of play, which means you're that much closer to the players. Right, and it's standing room only unless you're in Atlanta, and it's, <laughs> you know, it's crowded, and you have to know what you're doing. Now, E-Ray, I wasn't watching that game where the fan interfered with the foul ball. Oh, I was furious. That, that was while we were on the air last week, as a matter of fact. That's right. That's yeah. probably why I didn't see it. Now, what Now what happened was, with that one? That was the one when Guardy was going to – oh, Guardy, I know how much you like wow. that. Wow. Wow. $5 right into Fred, the kangaroo court. Right in. Fred Gardner was uh, running, you know, rushing to the line. I, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, uh, Josh Hamilton up. Um, Gardner gets close to the line, and this uh, this large man – has obviously no concept of what's going on in the game, and reaches out and completely hits the hits the ball in, out of Gardner's way. Gardner, amazing self control, just kind of looks at the guy like, oh, "You've got to be kidding me!" I mean, that was a situation that could have really come back to hurt the Yankees. It didn't, but it made me so furious to see that that happened at Yankee Stadium, our supposed you know home field advantage. Right now, we see this. What's that, Eray? I'm sorry. You know, smartest fans in baseball you know, is what we like to right. say about ourselves. Right. New York fans pride themselves on being so. Now, we see this a lot in baseball. It doesn't really necessarily happen in football unless, you know, you have the fan who hijacks a snowblower and, you know, <laughs> snowblows the way for the field goal kicker. But you see this a ton in baseball, and, and it's always been sort of amazing to me that you, you'll, you, you, we've seen it happen, and yet it happens again. Is well, that because me, is that because in the playoffs and stuff it's not the usual fans because the tickets are more expensive? And also that the part fact of it, that the, you know, the, the really great seats are not the the type of fans that know exactly what's going on in the ball game. Right, right. Especially now at the new Yankee Stadium because exactly. I, I got to tell you, Ev, that's a disgrace. I mean, watching Yankee playoff games and seeing that first of all, seeing that, you know, a quarter empty at the beginning of the game, and then seeing them get down 6-1 to one in the 7th and it's empty in those seats is a disgrace. they got to do something about that, Evan. they got to. It's, it's a joke. It's, it's you know, I, don't, I don't care if you have to discount those tickets. I don't care what you have to do. But you have got to have people in those seats the whole game. Let me ask you two a question. Sure. All right. Um, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate here. Okay. All right. <laughs> What I would like to propose to you is the view of the fan, you know, the fan that gives Nelson Cruz the finger or the fan that jumps in the way of a Brett Gardner potential out. I'm a fan. I paid good money for these tickets. It's my right to do whatever I want. 
I paid I paid for this ticket. I could do what I want to do. What do you guys think about that? Well, first of all, we're one more devil's advocate away from not being able to use it for three weeks. All right. <laughs> Secondly, it's a Keanu Reeves movie, isn't it? That's correct. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Let's not speak of it again. I've never seen a main character completely abandon a dialect mid-movie because he can't do it anymore. But... <laughs> But you, but you get my weren't you, weren't you Southern an hour ago in this movie? <laughs> I do get your point. The problem with it is that you 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 paid your money. You can certainly boo. I would never right. take away your right to boo. I would never take away your right to uh, you know scream at uh, Nelson Cruz. You're going to look like a, a jerk and an idiot. Okay. But okay, knock yourself out. But interfering with the know the game. You know, if that's A-Rod at the plate and he hits a foul ball down the right field line and the count is one and two and you have a chance to reach for it, reach for it. <laughs> if you're if that's Josh Hamilton at the plate with two men on and two out, you gotta let Gaudy have a chance to catch it. Back off. I know, I agree. You know, just know the situation. You gotta you gotta be smart enough. Now, this brings us though to the other point, Cal, which is all right, so these guys are screaming at Cliff Lee, right? Or Cliff Lee's wife. At his wife, right. Right. Sarah. Does right. this... Is her name Sarah? I... I... <laughs> you almost got me to say it, too. <laughs> you almost got me to say it. Does this influence Cliff Lee signing with the New York Yankees? So does he? does his wife say to him, you know what? They, they were animals. They were mean to me. They were rude. I don't want to go, you know, and, and Cliff, does Cliff have to come back and say, listen, honey, we were the away team. When they give $168 million over seven years, uh, we're going to be the home team. And they won't, they'll be really nice to us. Uh, and they're going to pay us a, a, a ton of money. So, like, does it matter? Does it matter at all? Well, you know, and, and we were talking about, and Dr. Riri brought up the fact that Cliff Lee and his agent immediately made this a non-issue. This was not a problem. wasn't an issue. We didn't have a problem. Um, but I think it's better to sell it as a problem because then the Yankees might be inclined to pay you more, to buy you off, to get you in. You know, well, you know, we'll, we'll just throw a little money at the problem. That'll, that'll solve it. So you think bribery is the way to go? Can't hurt. <laughs> Dr. E. Ray, what do you think about this? I mean, do you think that it can actually influence – I mean, in this day and age where it, it seems to be, especially when it comes to baseball, the most money wins? I, I think certain people are, are New York people or they're not. And uh, she's apparently best friends with T.C. Sabathia's wife, going back a long way. Oh, um, really? If she, yep, apparently that's what was in the article today. So um, they'll both go to San Francisco. <laughs> I just don't think that it's going to make that big of a difference. It's, the Yankees are going to offer the most money probably. Either she wants to live in New York or she doesn't. You know, I don't think... This, this fan situation makes a makes a big deal. What if she wants to live in Detroit? <laughs> like Johnny Damon? Like Johnny Damon's wife. What if she loves the Colorado? <laughs> All I'm saying is, I, I think that in baseball, it has much less of an influence than it would in football. I think you can really sell a city. Well, and I, I, you know what? I can't even say that. Jason Taylor's a jet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's money. So, uh, <laughs> Brett Barber's a Viking. I, I end this the conversation. Yeah, but that's spite. That's oh, that different. different. Yeah, that was different. That's true. That's a, he's playing for the Vikings out of spite. 
Right. Whereas Jason Taylor is, you know, needed a job and decided to go to, you know, the Jets' arrival. Right. But let's take a call on this, Cal. Let's take a call. PJ from New Jersey checking in. PJ, how are you, pal? Hey, babies. Hey, what's going on, beautiful babies? What do you What do you think of this, Peach? What do you think of this crazy fun load, fun load we're talking? Fun load, fan behavior. Calvi almost makes a good point. He comes close. Ah. I'm the you know I'm the fan. I paid my money, and uh, I, I get to do what I want. But there's an old saying: uh, "Your right to swing your arm ends at my face." <laughs> I'm not quite familiar with that one. Where is you're that? Not, you're not familiar from? with that? <laughs> no. I picked. Yeah, I picked that up in law school. Is that from? Is he the, trying is to that say he me? wants to punch you, Cal? <laughs> he might. I don't know. I will fight you. <laughs> is that from the old country, PJ? Yes, that's where I went to Sicilian law school. That's about yeah. that fact. <laughs> you went to law school in Sicily, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Very, very. What does that mean? <laughs> It means that, that, it, it means it means Cal, you're wrong. Apparently, that means that means that means you're wrong is what that means. That okay. means uh, it's uh, it's a gray area with baseball because um, you're not defining the field of play exactly. When when there's a foul ball, the field of play extends to where wherever the fielder's hand can reach. Right. Right, uh, that's this right. Is not, this is not a problem in football, you know. It's, it's the gridiron, and, and you're done. That's the field right. of play. Every ballpark is different. Every ballpark has nooks and crannies, and there's no regulatory yeah. size. So, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it... And your right to your exuberance uh, ends when you interfere with the field of play. Wow. Isn't and just because it? you're in the stands doesn't mean that you are beyond the field of play. You've got to know that when you're at a ball game. Absolutely. And I think uh, Right of Exuberance is a Jesus Jones album. Was it, it might not? be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Pete, you're you're a casual you're you know, a casual fan. You in, in in I mean that in the sense that I know you don't go to a ton of sporting events, but you've been to, you know, sporting events. You is said there a fan, fan, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. Is there <laughs> I don't even want to know what you think I said. I don't know. Is there a responsibility that a fan has uh, at, at a ball game as far as civility, as far as, uh, or is it simply a matter of, I paid my money, I can do whatever I want? No, that's 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 that's, that's terrible logic. I paid my money, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I want to run on the track during a NASCAR event because well, I paid just, my money that's just and I can do what I want. No, I mean in the sense of like uh, uh, booing or or being civil or being you know uh, treating the other fans around you with civility. You know what I'm saying? Uh, booing, booing is fine. Uh, throwing beer, not so much. I think that's uh, that that's kind of over the line. So you feel like that there has to be some sort of fan responsibility there. It can't just be I, I paid my ticket if I feel like you dropping fifty six f bombs. Uh, so be it. Uh, well, F-bombs, yelling obscenities, uh, it's not the same as booing. You know, my <laughs> son can boo, but I don't let him drop F-bombs at a Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome if he did, though. If he did, I know. 
Yeah, if you I just know, had a little. He gets so drunk. <laughs> Kindergartners are so easy to get drunk. <laughs> it's all about the sippy cup. That's right. <laughs> and and we're all, and <laughs> we're and we're pulled off the air. Um, <laughs> one last. Look, when one... you go into the stadium, there's a code of conduct written on on every pillar, isn't there? Yes, there is. You know, they tell you to keep your shirt on, don't throw the poo. I mean, these these are basic rules. <laughs> I uh, I uh, basic rules, but sometimes not adhered to, and and I I think that as players. Some of these guys, after that Rangers Yankee series, I could see Rangers players being like, "I don't ever want to play there. I don't want to play mm-hmm. there. I don't care mm-hmm. how much money they give me. Those mm-hmm. pe- those people those people are unruly yeah. and obnoxious. Well, with, I, I don't ever want to play there." Someone with a modicum of celebrity is also twice as vulnerable uh, at a place like that. Yeah. No, absolutely true. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for the call, PJ. We'll talk to you next week. I love you all. <laughs> PJ from Jersey <laughs> checking in and uh, making a lot of sense. You know, it's it's uh, there, there's a code of conduct, certainly. I Cal, I, for one, the thesis of this fun load, I, for one, think that it can have an effect on on a player deciding where he wants to play. I, 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 really, I, I really do. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, money wins out, especially, oh, in, does, base, yeah. especially in baseball. But I think, you know, there are certain guys I gotta stop saying, you know. I think there are certain guys that will stay in a town or in a city because and maybe they get traded, maybe you know, something happens, but their preference would be to stay in a city where they're treated well. And when they were treated well on the road, they're treated you know? Like like Saint Louis comes to mind, I feel like. Yeah, I think I think there have been stories where guys took a little bit less money to actually stay in St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, like, Pujols is not going anywhere. But I, I feel like the... Opposing, Matt Holiday. Sure. I feel, like, there and I feel like the opposing team gets treated well in St. Louis. Well, there's a respect that right. you don't get from, you know, let, let's say it, the East Coast. You know, they're the fans. Boston, Philly. East, yeah. Yeah, the New York. Even <laughs> Baltimore's not so bad, you know? No, but that's a hard Scrabble town, Cal. Yeah, a little bit. They, I'm sure when the when the Orioles are good, they're no fun to be around. Right. I mean, even even a, a town like Chicago, you think of Cubs fans. Cubs fans really don't kill the other team. No, yeah, I don't they think don't, so. They, they don't like the other team, and they make it known, but it's kind of done in a very good-natured way, if you think about it. Yeah, I would agree. I think the bottom line on this, Cal, is that I don't think – I think when it comes to Cliff Lee – and this story today, while it's certainly interesting, it's not going to have any effect. It, when they throw $160 million on him, he's going to go to the Yankees. I think that I, I, yes. I think, unfortunately, you just don't see that anymore in Major League Baseball. And I, and I sort of wish you did. I, I think, I feel like I would rather a guy go to a city where he wanted to go than just go for the most money, but it just doesn't happen that way anymore. And that's, that's sad to me. But it, it, the C.C. Sabathia thing, signing with the Yankees, really crushed it for me. Like, that was right. – he was all set to go to San Francisco. He wanted to go to San Francisco. He was – the fans, he's from there. He's going to the Giants. And then the Yankees came in 35 or $40 million over what San Francisco offered, and he's, his dream is to play for New York. 
Right. Yeah, because I mean, throughout those negotiations, it was like he doesn't want to come here. <laughs> I don't know why. Why is he waiting? He got, he got thirty-five million extra reasons to come here. He sure did. Those are good reasons, as Lucy I, Van Pelt would say. I believe I've changed my mind. <laughs> Let's go to the swamp. What do you think, Cal? Why you, not? Ready? you ready to go to Count Broccoli? Count Broccoli, welcome to the big show here on October twenty-sixth, two thousand and ten. Coming off a big five and one week, and the Count Lockley lock of the week coming true. Hello. Hi, how you doing, guys? I we are doing, tendency, doing great. I have a tendency to have a difficult time hearing you. Why is that? Well, I, I, I'm at I'm at a far away place. Uh, actually, I'm scouting a city in Canada for a possible Major League Baseball franchise. Really? Yeah, Montreal. I, there's something about the town I think has got potential. I'm going to stop you right there, Swam. I'll tell you why. Been done. They've tried that already, haven't they? they, they well, well, I, I think the problem is relates back to what you guys are talking about, you know, the fan participation and... Uh, I was actually saying that sarcastically, because you do get a town like Montreal that you could actually uh, play the game and even the home team doesn't get any kind of uh, response. Yeah, actually, I think they were too polite in Montreal. I think they applauded for everybody. Exactly. (laughs) And and if you go back to old Jerry, look for Jerry Park up there, though, if we're going to put a ballpark up there. Very nice. I will look for Jerry Park. I thought he was the waiter down at one of the restaurants that I had just uh, frequented earlier in the evening, but possibly not. Let's get to the football picks. I, I'd like to try a new uh, forum this time. All right. It seems like it's it seems like it's getting too easy to come out on the plus side all the time. Oh, although look at this! Wow. <laughs> although the although the word naysayers in some of my selections, you know, and I do have to take a little criticism for going along. You know, uh, with the Saints, but aside from that, uh, we weren't too shabby last week, were we now? Fantastic last week, five and one. Why folks. don't you? Why don't you guys try and challenge me and tell me what game you'd like me to pick? Oh, the, uh, are we playing a little stump the Count Broccoli? Wow. Well, it's been, it's been tried before. Oh wow! Not successfully. Oh, not, not well, successfully. Let's get Doctor E Ray to uh, <laughs> like we. Wow, we are. Uh, not prepared for that, Swamp. We did not see that coming. But you know what? I like the cut of your jib, my friend. And I will, yes, I will I've go ahead. A, I've had my jib cut <laughs> many, many different ways. <laughs> I will go ahead and play along with you, good sir. Because I, I, uh, I enjoy that. That's fine, then. We are in week well, eight. Well, I have to give you just a quick, a quick insight as to why I am doing this. Uh, it seems like when I make my selections, I get some Dufours and some Chortles and... And things like that from the staff. So I figured possibly uh, it would be better if I allow you to select the game and I will make my selection on that. All right, sounds good. All right, so here's how we're going to run this. We're going we're gonna to ask okay. you about six games, okay? Six games are good. And we're going to uh, start with Dr. E. Ray, Cal, then me, Dr. E. Ray, Cal, then me. Okay. All right, I'll go ahead, Dr. E. Ray. I'll put that down on my score sheet here. Go get him, Dr. E. Ray. Get him. Oh. I'm going to let you guys go first. I just have to pull up the schedule. Yes. I just sent it to you, Cal. Just sent it to you. Beautiful. Okay. So um, I'm going to start off with a game that you might not think about, but um, with Dallas and their recent, uh, you know, 
uh, Romo injury. What do you think about Jacksonville at Dallas? What happens in this game? I don't think either one will win. <laughs> but I know somebody has to. And and I guess I have to go along with uh, – you're not going to believe this guy, but I think I'm going with Dallas. All right. No, uh, all right, so we got Dallas over Jacksonville. Cal, go get him. Uh, you got to go, Steve. I'm still pulling up the schedule. Okay, Cal. <laughs> now, All right. I, I, I hate to stump the panel here, but you guys aren't ready for this. But just pick no, a team. no, no, I got it. I got it. I'm ready for you. Okay, okay uh, Count Broccoli. Uh, here's another game. This one's very interesting. The Miami Dolphins off a tough, tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals in Paul Brown Stadium, 1 o'clock in OH10. Who do you like? Yeah, uh, I have to go with the, the, the Dolphins. You're going with the fish so, on the road. All right, go ahead, fish Cal. On the road. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to defer because we're having a little technical difficulty here. <laughs> Can we just ask him before everyone? And I. <laughs> yes. Now here we go. Let did me go. Drop, I got a good you, one. Did, did you drop your pencil, Cal? <laughs> I, well, you know, you know, it's it's this, this this darn internet connection is just a little slow tonight. The intraweb. Oh darn. Okay. Go ahead, Dr. Wright. I'm good. I, I can go. You got one, Cal? Go ahead. Yeah. I want to take you uh, across the pond, Swami, to Wembley Stadium where Denver and San Francisco will meet. Oh, yeah. I was trying to actually uh, get into that. That's, uh, that's like, uh, you know, you would hope that, like, the Broncos would, you know, pinch themselves every now and then in the locker room before they run out onto the field. And I don't know. I'll, I'm going to give the Broncos a nod. All right, you're giving the uh, the Broncos the nod over there. Over, uh, uh, you know I couldn't resist, Doctor Ray. Any <laughs> chance I can get to get the British dialect in? All right, Doctor Ray, you're up. All right, I couldn't resist. Green Bay at the Jets. Jets off the bye. What oh, you, you know I always like to stay away from the home team uh, games, and this is because it's more emotional. But uh, but you set the rules this small, you know, crap. No, 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 no. I, I, I have no problem. I was just Count going to Swampley. comment that if Mark Sanchez hasn't forgotten how to be a quarterback in his bye week, you know, he may come out there, uh, uh, guns are blazing, you know. All and, right. Uh, I should, I should, but, but I really don't know how the weather's going, going to affect that game. I'm going to give a, a slight nod uh, to, to the Jets. All right. Not really, uh, my lock of, not really my lock of the week, but I guess with a week off, they, they possibly could have – uh, worked out their inhibitions and other venues and may want to come to play football. Worked out their inhibitions. Wow. Uh, okay, we got two more for you. Uh, Cal, you got this one? Yeah, I'll take this one, Steve. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to shoot for nailing his lock of the week. So I'm going okay. to go with Tennessee and San Diego. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well... Once again, San Diego has been letting me down all year, and Tennessee is certainly earning their grit, as we like to say. Uh, how bad can one team get, and how good can the other team get? Pass, passing game. Uh, all right, let's give it to Tennessee. We'll go all with right. Tennessee. Tennessee. Now, is that is that the Count Broccoli Lockley of the week? No. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if I get it. Last game. And uh, this is a big one, Brett Favre or Tavares Jackson. We don't know the Minnesota Vikings at the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium 
up uh, north uh, era in uh, New England. Who do you uh, era like in the game? Oh, I see that uh, you're doing the uh, uh, Boston accent. Okay. Uh, well, I think I'll take uh, uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, coming into the New England uh, venue, they'll have uh, um, many things going for them. Hopefully, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hopefully, Brett, uh, has, uh, I've had him in my prayers that he mends, uh, <laughs> but I have, I have my doubts. Yes, we all do. All right, well, uh, Count Broccoli, is that the Lockley of the week? Nah. Well, nah. what was I the mean, Lockley I, I of the week? You, I thought you guys would get into Arizona, you know, and stuff like that, but... Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tampa Bay, Arizona, is that the game you're uh, – who you like? Yeah. I mean, who do you like? Put it like that. And I'll uh, see if I agree with you. Oh, I don't make picks. I don't make predictions. Okay. Well, let's go with Tampa Bay. And that is Arizona the lock of the dis- week. Yeah, Arizona disappointed me uh, all season so far. I sent, them an, I sent them an email. I gave them some pictures. I, sent, I, I gave them some pictures and some – some plays right from the from the booth, none of which did them any good. But uh, yeah. So you like so you I'm like go uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay over Arizona. That is the Count Lockley, Count Broccoli Lockley of the week. And yeah. uh, uh, Count Swam, we are we're going to run because we're we're up against it. But we'll talk to you oh. next week. Oh, okay. Quick pick, World Series. Who we get? Uh, I like the Giants in six. Cal. I'm going to go Giants in seven. Swamp. Doesn't anybody like the Rangers? Except I me? do. Uh, Doctor right. E Ray does. So yeah. Doctor E Ray and Cal Broccoli are heading towards the Ranger uh, corner, and the opponents will be trying to, uh, to uh, get a win for the Giants. We'll see next what time. happens next week. Take care, guys. Keep the powder dry. Ah, uh, you too, Count Broccoli. Thank you. All right. So uh, there's where the there were the picks. There they go. And he likes uh, the San Francisco, or he likes the uh, Texas Rangers as well. Giddy up now. Rangers, Let's... Rangers in five. I just want to throw it out there right Rangers now. Rangers in wow. five. Yep. Everyone wow. forgets that San Francisco is a team that couldn't hit like three weeks ago. Everyone forgets that, right? They didn't hit in the the Phillies in the series against the Phillies either. They just hit enough. That, that's right. That's well, we'll why see, it's that's be. why it's glorious torture. All right, let's go to the doctor is in segment with Doctor Erase that. And okay, uh, I need a few diagnoses around here. All right, guys, the Boston loses tonight, 88-80. And Boston beats, I'm sorry, beats the Heat tonight, 88-80. Uh, but I'm more concerned with the Heat naming its captains, Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam. Steve, what does this say about LeBron James? I think it says exactly what we, we knew about LeBron James, that he doesn't want to be the main guy. And I think it's a further indication of that. I think he doesn't want to be the main guy, and it's Dwayne Wade's team. All right. How do you like that? <laughs> I, I like it a lot. Hey, Cal, uh, yes. the Knicks season starts tomorrow, okay? Uh, you know, a lot of buzz around the Knicks right now. A lot of people predicting a uh, playoff uh, run for, for this team and a huge season by, for, for Amari Stoudemire. What do you think? What's the diagnosis? Knicks making the playoffs? My diagnosis is that the Knicks will make the playoffs if they trade for Carmelo Anthony during the season. If they do not get Carmelo Anthony, I think they're going to fall short of the playoffs. You think that's going to happen? You think they're going to trade for him? Uh, I think they are. I think that they're going to make the move. I think they've got to give up Gallinari to get him. 
But I think they're going to make that move to bring Carmelo Anthony in. Therefore, yes, the Knicks will make the playoffs. Wow, and that is an incorrect diagnosis. Sorry, they are not going to trade for uh, Carmelo Anthony. Okay, uh, that's why uh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Let's go to hockey for a sec. Uh, Islanders and Rangers both to. playing well. Um, can the Islanders sustain this early success with injury after injury? You both might want to take a stab at this one. I actually feel like uh, the doctor, the diagnosis on this end is new, negatory, prognosis negative. Uh, I, I would love to see the Islanders keep up this pace. I think I think the Islanders have narrowed the gap quite a bit in the talent uh, gap that they have with most of the uh, the, the big teams, and, and it was never more evident than when they played the Capitals. Even though they lost the game 2-1 to one without John Tavares, without some of their big scorers, they have narrowed the gap in talent, without a doubt. Uh, I think they can fight for a playoff spot uh, if Rick DiPietro stays healthy and they get good, solid goaltending out of him and Dwayne Rolison. Uh, I think Tavares has taken the leap, and I think if Josh Bailey comes back from this little hip pointer, uh, they're definitely going to compete for that eighth spot in the playoffs, but I, I think they just cut short this year, and I think they really make a run next year. Cal, I'll jump in. Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. I think the Islanders are going to make the playoffs this year. I think that they've shown a lot of resiliency early in these games. Uh, games last year that they started out great, played well in the first two periods, and then they, they kind of came out flat in the third period with lose. This year, they've proven that they can keep that energy up through the third period and win some of these games. They're, I mean, they're beating good teams. Um, and they're only going to get better with the return of Mark Streit and Kyle Oposo and uh, Rob Shrimp is coming back. I think, and, me, and you know, they're going to make a decision on Niederreiter. He's up to his ninth game after Wednesday's uh, after Wednesday's game, I think they're going to keep him around. Got to keep him up. Got to keep him up, Cal. They're going to make a run this year and probably sneak into the playoffs in the eighth spot. And wait till they get Detlef Shrimp back. I can't wait. And the final diagnosis is the Islanders will be out of the playoffs, but surprisingly, everyone will get hurt except Di Pietro. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> the uh, last uh, last diagnosis I need is uh, coming off the bye, Jets playing a uh, obviously a Green Bay team riding high after taking down the uh, the five. Uh, what do you think happens uh, this weekend uh, uh, home against Green Bay? I think that the Jets are going to win this football game this weekend. I, I really do. I think they'll be able to put enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has uh, – he's been good, but he hasn't been fantastic. I think he can be forced into errors. I think they have no running game. I think the Jets can shut down uh, Brandon Jackson for sure, make Aaron Rodgers beat him. And the biggest news out of this, Dr. E. Ray, Darrell Rivas today says, you know what? I feel pretty 100%. good. I feel 100%. So that allows the Jets to do all the things defensively that they want to do. When Darrell Rivas is 100% and can take out Donald Driver, whoever they put him on, you can blitz. You can blitz at will. You can come off the butts blitzing. Cal? I think prior the last couple of weeks of the season, I would have said, you know, this is a prime spot for the Jets to come out flat after the bye and for them to uh, kind of slip a little bit. They've been playing playing over their heads up to this point. I think they're going to come out of the bye strong. Revis is healthy. I think the Jets are going to win this game big. Wow. Well played, gentlemen. I agree. Thank you, Dr. Ray. So that was the, the doctor's in. That was fun. I love when the doctor's in. That is all the time we have tonight on 10-26-2010 for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and Dr. Ray Stat. 
Join us next week. We will be back. We will be better than ever. Uh, we will be better than Ezra. Had to get it in. <laughs> Dr. E. Ray, final unload. Yankees uh, and Girardi talking three-year contract. I think, uh, as one of the callers alluded earlier, this is not I, – I don't agree. I don't think this is a, a smart move. I think Girardi has not earned a three-year extension. All right. And, of course, my partner, Cal, final unload for tonight. Sandy Alderson, come on down. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Price is right. And my final unload uh, tonight is, uh, yes, I agree with Cal. Sandy Alderson, welcome aboard. But if you're coming, please bring Wally Backman in your back pocket because I like him. That's all the time we have, folks. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much to our callers. And good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.